0: Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll
1: get the backstory plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to the show. It is your host, Matt Browning. Super stoked on this entrepreneurial journey, man! it has been a wild ride, hasn't it, guys? Like we, uh, you know, we've been getting it, to me, I think better and better and deeper and deeper interviews, uh, really pulling out some stories and some gems from these people's lives, and uh, I know it's been benefiting you like crazy. Today, we have someone really special uh, on the line, ready to bare his soul and, and, uh, and go deep, as he said, I cannot wait. His name is Christian Chasmer. And he's a, he's a guy who empowers entrepreneurs to live their best life, which is just, I mean, how awesome is that? And it's about impacting the world. So we share a very similar vision, uh, in doing that, especially over the last several years at 26, this is what I think is so fascinating. He's a young entrepreneur. He'd already built two successful companies starting in college. He built a franchise. He bought into a franchise and went from zero to 1.2 million in annual revenue, not total revenue over 10 years, you know, annual revenue. He also founded a real estate development company, CC Solutions, and grew it to six million in revenue in just under two years. That is powerful. It's more than I've done by the time I was twenty-six. Uh, I, you know, certainly you, you've heard my story. Maybe I've made some money and I've built some companies, but that is a, a huge revenue piece in that short of a time. He's also the author of a number one best-selling book, "Lose the Limits." We're going to talk more about Lose the Limits in a moment. Uh, very excited about that as well. Coming from someone who's been there and done that, he's certainly a been there, done that sort of guy. So Christian, Chasmer, welcome to the show. How are you, man?
0: I am doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt.
1: I, I am really, really excited for this. And we've been talking off air for a few minutes. Um, I, dude, I'm ready to go. So my my first question for you is, a guy like this, you know, it's almost an archetype, right? I'm running into now having done this podcast for a while, I'm realizing there are people that have, have, have built things and found success, especially early in life. I know you've had some setbacks. We'll talk about that. But were you the kind of kid, like, were you always like born, bred entrepreneur? Did you have lemonade stands at six? Was that you? Or were you the kind of person that was like on one track and decided, you know what? That's not for me. I, I want to gear in and, and jump into this uh, start my own business kind of game. Who were you growing up? Yeah, that's
0: a great question. Um, I, was, I was a medley, honestly. I grew up in a really, really small town where, you know, out of all my graduates, 20% go away to college. I grew up in a very uh, not the best family. Uh, besides my mom, we had a lot of criminals and, and drug addicts in our family. And I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I didn't know anything about personal development. Um, I thought personal development was going to the gym. Like were, I didn't even know an adult who read a book for leisure. So I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I just knew that if you wanted to make money, if you wanted to be successful, uh, you became a lawyer or a banker and you went to New York City. So I was on the track for pre-law, actually. Went what, what, to college. What
1: area in the country did you grow up in?
0: A uh, small town in New Jersey. He so going to the, going to the big city
1: was a big, like, uh, oh wow, he made it. <laughs> go, go, yeah. He, 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 he went on the other side of the tracks. He's going to the big city. He's going to do something with his life. So, so you were thinking early on, like, okay, I got to figure out, am I going to be a doctor or a lawyer? Like, what was it like a, yeah, probably not eight mile M&M, you know, like, but was it a man, I got to get out from under this or was it a, Hey, you know what? We'll see what happens. And you know, cause I I'm here with the rest of them. Like, what, what was that? Did you have like a, a a drive and a motivation to like improve, change your station in life? Or were you kind of rolling with the punches for a period of time? Like what was the attitude like?
0: Yeah. Great question. My, it was really from day one, my mom instilled in me, you are going to get out of this town. You are going to make a name for yourself. You're going to be successful. You can really do anything in your life. And um, that was different to here than all the other Chasmers in our family where, you know, growing up, people were like, oh, you're a Chasmer. That means you're not going to be anything. Um, so having my mom tell me the exact opposite and then drilling that into my head all throughout my life, I basically knew and was determined all my life that I was going to get out of this town. I was going to change my stars. Um, I didn't know how to do that. You know, for me, it was either be a lawyer, banker, doctor, or whatever. Um, but I knew very early on and had that drive basically the whole time. Now that's not to say I wasn't a bad kid. I I partied a lot and, you know, strayed from the path a lot, but I always, I always had that vision that I was going to get out and, uh, do something big.
1: Let's talk mistakes just before. I mean, you know, you you said, let's, let's go real. So let's go real. So, um, most of my listeners have heard my story. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you know, I, I got kicked out of two schools and went to my third high school in handcuffs before I started turning around and got clean at 17 and then started, uh, Uh, Working and then getting into my first business at 22, what was your what was your 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 bad kid stuff? Um, What were some mistakes you made? You don't need to share all the details if you don't want. Um, But I'm just curious. Like, I, I think there's a lot of inspiration that comes from people understanding that, like, look, if you've messed up, if you've gone down a bad path, if you've made terrible choices, that's not the end, right? It's like that can be a chapter, and you can change at any point. So, what's your take? What's your story around? Uh, what the bad kid life was like and what turned it around. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> freshman year, of college, I have <laughs> I, 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 I can
0: see it so clearly. Um, freshman year of college, uh, you know, go. I went down to University of South Carolina in college. Uh, so I I went away from home. Uh, my godfather, who was like a second father to me, actually passed away uh, from a heart attack a week before he was supposed to drive me down to college. So. Here I am, freshman, already liked to party. Now I'm also grieving this new environment. And I just partied really hard. Actually, I got arrested twice in freshman year of college for underage drinking. Uh, not many people actually know that. And then that summer, I actually... I jumped off a Range Rover when I was drunk and shattered my right ankle. And I couldn't walk for uh, four months. And it, it actually postponed my wrestling career. I went to college and wrestled in college and that kind of messed that up pretty dramatically. And that was a real wake-up call for me where I realized I wasn't invincible. And if I kept going down this path, I wasn't going to be the person I wanted to be. Um, So that was a huge wake-up call for me. And of course, there were stumbles along the way, but that really was a moment where I said, I need to really, really turn this around if I want to do what I want to do and be who I want to be
1: in my life. What was one of the first things that you went to like it sounds like that that was kind of that pivotal moment and you know like again I remember what it was for me when I had that you know that moment of like I remember so clearly waking up one day in high school and just looking around and going gosh what am I doing like why do I why am I doing this why am I getting high every single day why am I drinking every mm-hmm. single day this is not it doesn't make any sense it's like I felt like I was doing it against my will almost and, and it was just this moment of like, this is so stupid. And I decided to change, but it wasn't any, there, there wasn't anything big that happened to me. It was a really weird thing. What was the first, like when you changed and when you started saying, you know, I need to do something different. What was one of the first, uh, actions? And I think again, if you're listening to this and, and you, and you find yourself, maybe you relate to being in one of those, you know, the negative steps or you've made a bad decision, I love to find out like, what was the first thing you did to start turning around? One of the first things I did, is I started going to 12 step meetings and I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And I met a friend of mine who was six months sober at the time in high school that I I used to get high with. And, and, you know, I don't talk about this that often either, but here we are. Right. Nonetheless. And so I started saying, you know, I'm going to show up and be responsible and go to these meetings. What was like one of the first or second steps you did? What, what cemented in that this is changing and you are beginning a new path.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I shattered my ankle, went back to school sophomore year, and I couldn't walk for the entire first semester. And that was just brutalizing for you know a wrestler, or an athletic person who has a lot of identity swelled up into that uh, archetype, like you said. So one of the first things I did was really start focusing on, okay, what, what do I need to do to be who I want to be? I need to start looking at getting better internships. I need to create different experiences in my life because all these experiences I have right now are bad, like partying, hanging out with the wrong people. So I actually applied for a scholarship and, uh, studied abroad in Rome for the second semester. And I said, I'm going to find myself in that second semester away. So I went to Rome, came back, decided not to drink that entire summer and then junior year of college, came back and found, uh, found the internship that eventually changed my entire life, which was kind of serendipitous in a way.
1: Wow. So going, going changing your environment, going to Rome, do you, do you feel like the change in environment and the change in influence, was that like an important aspect of going away or was it something else?
0: Yeah. Uh, my mom always said to me, you know, person is a, a sum of their people, places, and things. The people they're around, the places they're around, and the things they're doing. So for me, in, in any situation, if something's not going right, or you, know, you want to change, you got to change the people, places, or things. So for me, going to Rome was a sign of, let me get away from my places and my people and really find myself in a totally different environment.
1: Profound wisdom, uh, Mrs. Christian's mom. And what's your yeah, mom's name? Mama now? Chaz, Kelly uh, <laughs> Chazmer. <laughs> I call her Mama Chaz. She's got a lot of wisdom. Now, you you were telling us uh, just before we started rolling tape, uh, yeah, a pretty interesting story about your mom. Uh, growing up, she was a single mom, and what what she was doing to to get by and to to make ends meet.
0: Yeah, so my mom, uh, you know, left home at a very early age. Was kind of fending for herself since fifteen had me at 24 and became a poker dealer to get by. And she actually wound up obviously having me and then adopting two of my other cousins and then raising a few other people in the family. So she basically took everybody in and raised all of us while being a poker dealer. So it was she's a uh, pretty phenomenal uh, lady right there.
1: Wow. And, and, and I can hear the, the admiration and the love you know that, that still exists. It's funny, man, when someone does something for us, when they when they lay down, you know, and sacrifice for us, like it, it's hard to forget that. So, uh, so shout out to mama Chaz shout out. Uh, so, so what was the first business you did? Was it the franchise, the, uh, in college that you grew up to 1.2 million in revenue? Tell me about that. Or was yeah, so, it first?
0: That was the first business. I, like I said, I was on the pre-law track that junior year of college. And I, I came into a class one day and I'll never forget it. There was a piece of paper on my desk that literally like, normal computer paper cut in a square. And they had the words on it, run your own business, make $10,000 over the summer. Like pure, like if anybody looked at this, they'd be like, that's a scam. And I remember looking at it and I was like, well, dude, I have $30 to my bank account. 10 grand over the summer. Sounds like I'll be rich. I'm in sign me up. I'll do whatever it takes. So I wound up joining this internship program and it turned out to be a franchise type model where I learned how to run a business in 10 months. I started knocking on doors to sell exterior painting, right? So we're painting the homes of people. And so I I learned how to knock on doors and market. And then I learned how to sell to these homeowners. Then I I recruited my own painters.
1: Sorry, the the knocking on doors, man. That is a skill set and a talent that is so underutilized today. Like it's, it's scary to start for almost anyone. But everyone I've ever known that has been in whether you're selling cable or painting or, or you know, I, I did I I did a ton of just Boy Scout stuff, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. and Whatever it is you're doing, like once you get past your first 50, 100, 200 doors, something switches, you know. So was that something you had ever done before? Were you already outgoing or were you more kind of introverted and like not usually doing that? This was outside your comfort zone. Where did door knocking land?
0: Yeah, I was moderately uh, extroverted, but this was way out of my comfort zone. I never did anything like this. I would, I remember walking up to a door my first time, and then walking back to my car and being like, "I'm not doing it." No, I got to do. It. I have to make this ten grand. And so I walked back up to a door, back away from a door. Like, I, <laughs> if someone was watching me, it'd be pretty hysterical my first time. But like you said, you just you start doing it, and then you get into the rhythm. And uh, yeah, I would think. Knocking on doors is one of the best ways for someone to learn sales, learn grit, learn how to take no. Because how many times are you going to hear no as an entrepreneur and as a person in life? There's nothing better than getting told no 30, 40, 50 times. It's
1: like that, you know, that, that old uh, telemarketer adage, right? It's like you need to get through the 49 no's to get to the yes. So how, how much fervor and excitement can you get another no so you can move on and get to the person who wants what you got? And yes, you know, it's like you're walking away from the door knocking. and you don't want it. Cool. Can't wait. Cause the next guy probably will getting closer. Did you pick up That's that pretty quickly? Like,
0: yeah. Our motto was every no gets you closer to a yes. So, <laughs> so exactly. that was it. That was exactly it. So, you know, even with sales too, we always said the best thing you can hear is a yes. The second best
1: thing you can hear is a no. And the worst thing you can hear is a maybe. Amen. Amen. You know what? Why don't you, can you come back next Wednesday? Maybe uh, it's like, no, dude, you know, do you want to paint your house or not?
0: Yes, exactly. Oh man, maybes,
1: maybes will hang you along and string you along forever. Yeah. That's something that's definitely a lesson you can apply to any business. Uh, oh, shoot even dating. I mean, anything it's like, <laughs> I, I want to know, are, are you in or are you out? Like, do we have something here or not? Right. Yeah. So, let's set the expectation that you'll make a decision here. <laughs> no. So you, so you came in as kind of a franchisee, so to speak, you said it was a franchise style business, but it wasn't probably a technical franchise.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. So I had, a, I had a piece, I basically got to retain the profit from the branch that I ran myself. So like I said, I did the marketing, the sales, I even recruited my own painters and then produced all the work that I sold over the summer. So I, in essence, ran my own branch of this larger company. And I didn't own equity, but I was able to own, I, I retained the profit of that company after paying a royalty to the franchise.
1: That's phenomenal. Uh, Do you remember how much you were able to make just from that first summer? Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) $10,231. Say it again. $10,000.
0: $10,231. And it was the hardest $10,231 I've ever made in my life. (laughs)
1: They they promised, man. You make $10,000 over the summer and you pulled it off. So growing this company up to $1.2 million. So I'm assuming you started, did you end up having... Kind of more of a role? Or did you stick in your quadrant where you're like, Hey, you guys do what you do. but I'm going to build up my uh, territory. What was the, or did you get more involved in kind of the corporate quote unquote side of things?
0: Yeah. So that, that year taught me two things. One, I love entrepreneurship. I'm an entrepreneur. Two, I'm not very great at entrepreneurship and I suck at leadership and I need to get better. So I came back the next year and I actually was now teaching other college students how to run branches as well. So then I had five branches of college students and I ran my own branch. That year we did $365,000. My senior year, I made triple the money, didn't work as much, and I had a way funner time, and I still have close relationship with those people. Um, I just became a better leader and got obsessed with systems, leadership, and entrepreneurship. The next year, I started my own division of this company from scratch up in Boston, Massachusetts, and that's where we, me and my partner, we built that entire division from zero to 1.2 million dollars in ten months.
1: Oh wow. Okay, so I w- I was thinking that the 1.2 million was kind of your influence with your franchise and with the whole company growing up. So it was after this, then you went on with a partner and said, "Let's start this company." And in 10 months you got up to 1.2 million in revenue.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. So when we graduated, we approached, yeah, we approached the owner. We said, "Hey Steve, we're we're some of the best performers in South Carolina." Uh, we want to open up our own division from scratch in Boston. No one's ever been up there before. And he said, sure, go ahead. <laughs> Let's do it. And so we went up there and we, we just hit the ground and worked hard, recruited great and had an awesome team and, you know, built it up.
1: What was the the pivot point from, you know, just, I don't know, like it could be 20 years later and you're like, Hey man, I'm i I'm a painter and I got a painting company and this is the thing I do. And, And I got 500 painters working for me. What was the pivot from, I want to do this, I'm doing this painting business that I've, you you built up with them and then you built up your own from scratch into real estate development. And I guess my question is, do you feel like it was the content changed, right? So you went from painting to real estate. You could see the connection probably where, hey, I'm painting all these houses. Why don't I start investing in them? (laughs) But was it like a, was it a content change where you said, I want to get out of painting? Or was it one of those things where you're looking at the structure and going, "Hey, business is business is business, entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship. Let's do something more lucrative." What was the pivot story uh, moving to the new business? Yeah, that's
0: a great question. for For us, we we built that business to 1.2 million. Me and my partner, and we said, "This is awesome. We understand systems really, really well. We had you know 30 branches, 150 painters underneath us. We understand how to systemize a business." Why don't we do this for ourselves? And so that was our break. After that season, we said, Hey, let's go off on our own. Let's start a real estate development company. And we literally left that company, bought a triplex and started the development company in the same week. And We just went for it. A lot of it was logical in terms of you know, 71% of self-made millionaires did it in real estate. And two, we understood something about contracting. We didn't understand we thought we understood contracting from painting (laughs) and, um, yeah, we thought we did. And we just wanted to be entrepreneurs. We wanted to start our own thing. And it seemed like a very logical step to do that. And we knew that we could make some money in real estate without a huge investment because we started out wholesaling in real estate. Same thing we did in student painters. You know, we, we hit the ground knocking on doors. That's we did it. We said, okay, we, we just put all of our money in this triplex let's try to build this development company with very little, uh, upfront investment. So we started wholesaling, then we started flipping and then we started doing real development in Boston.
1: Okay, explain real quickly, uh, wholesaling, just so we understand that.
0: Yeah. So it's, you get a house under contract, um, to sell, right? You say to the owner, Hey, I want to buy your house and the owner, for whatever reason they want to sell it and you get that contract. What you do then is you sell that contract to uh, an investor, a real estate investor. Maybe they're going to flip it. Maybe they're going to rent it out for five to $10,000. And basically, what you're selling is the opportunity to buy a really great deal. And that's what me and my partner and my team started getting really good at is finding properties at a really discounted price and then selling them to investors. Um, so we we're making like five to $10,000 per deal, which no capital investment, just a ton of time, right? Knocking on doors, making phone calls, negotiating, really just hustling. But one of those wholesales, we sold the contract for 5,000 to uh, an investor. And then he turned around and within three months made $100,000 on the property by flipping it. And you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, we said, wow, we are in the wrong side of this game. So then we, we asked him, we said, hey, teach us what you know, we'll keep giving you projects, but please teach us, teach us how to be flippers. So then we learned that. And then from there, we saw other people doing big time development where they were knocking down single families and building multi-units. And that's where we quickly moved it over into.
1: Yes, I I love that. I mean, I I have a a pretty big real estate background. That's where I got started from. And by 25, I built $5 million in in a portfolio and was like really cranking on that. And some were flipped, some were hold, some were... Rentals and, and the whole, you know, everything changed. Sometimes I made a bunch. Sometimes I, I started losing money, you know, went back and forth. Um, oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's an interesting game to be in. But what, what as we're coming kind of uh, winding down on the interview time, um, I know you have a, your book is Lose the Limits. And I just love that. And I think you're the guy to talk about that. You know, Lose the Limits. Uh, subtitle is Break Your Limiting Beliefs, Become a More Productive You, and Achieve Everything You Want in Life. So tell me a little bit about the mindset that it takes to be able to find a deal or find an opportunity and just say, you know what, I'm going to ask, I'm going to go for that. Let's try this out because you have leapt quite a few times. Can you talk a little bit about the mindset of that and what it takes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think being able to cultivate a get it done and do it attitude is so important for entrepreneurs and people in general in life is just, Getting rid of the insecurity of what if I fail, right? One of the the points in my book is you can't fail unless you quit. And that's something I learned uh, back in my student painter days. And once once you're able to remove that fear of failure and know that even if they say no, or even if the deal goes bad, I'm going to learn something and get stronger because I believe in myself. um, It removes a lot of the roadblocks and a lot of the limiting beliefs from your life. And obviously you need practice in order to understand that you can't fail aspect. But once I, once I really, you know, I had that mind body connection to the fact that I couldn't fail as long as I kept going. Um, that was one of the biggest mindset shifts to help me do the things and try the things and go for the things that, you know, most, most people and even a, a younger me would be too fearful to do.
1: So just reframing failure and really understanding that the only, I love that. the And this is, I think, going to be our social media quote. Uh, I always listen for one, but you can only fail if you quit. Is that how you said that? Yeah, exactly right. Only fail if you quit. Uh, So guys, the book is available. I'm sure it's on Amazon and probably all over the place. You can also uh, find more about it at losethelimits.com. And if you go to losethelimits.com, you have a way to... How do we stay in contact with you? How do we find out a little more about what you're up to, what you're doing? I know you have a lot of value add that you're giving? Because you have a new company as well. Uh, new company is Elevate, is that right? Yep, Elevate Next. Elevate Next, yeah, here you go. That's where I have the notes. So your new company is Elevate Next and you're doing a lot of, of really encouragement in there. In um, the last you know, a little bit of time, uh, how do we stay in contact and what what what's the encouragement you have with Elevate Next? I think you're doing like a, a, weekly, a weekly value add of some kind, is that right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we with with Elevate Next, the, the whole point of starting Elevate Next was really, as you can see in my story, I, I feel like I, I came across opportunities like entrepreneurship and personal development randomly. And I was lucky enough to have, you know, a mother in my life that pushed me and encouraged me. And I feel like a lot of people in our world don't have that, especially with the way the education system is set up now. So with Elevate Next, we want to teach the young adults, and the high schoolers, um, those life skills like entrepreneurship, personal development, mindfulness, financial literacy. Um, and it's a one-for-one model to where whenever somebody buys the program, we actually also give the program to somebody in a disadvantaged area, uh, foster youth, for example. Um, awesome. And with all that being said, yeah, you know, it's it's a huge passion of mine. It's always been a passion of mine to you know, really empower the next generation of change makers. Cause they're, we're all the ones that can make the world a better place. So we need to empower them. Um, so, with that so, being said, they can yeah. go to lose slash blog, sign up for a newsletter. And we, we send out articles every single week. So it's pumping out content, um, solely for the purpose of living your best life, being more fulfilled and happy while accomplishing great things.
1: Come on, uh, dude, you're, you're speaking to my heart right now. So if you want to live your best life, feel more fulfilled while you're accomplishing great things, uh, making an impact, making a difference, making a profit, uh, serving, that's what it's about. That's what Christian's about, guys. So Christian, uh, thank you so much. I'm going to wrap up the show in a second here, but I sure appreciate you coming on and making the time. I know you're a really, really busy guy. Um, and thank you for coming on the show. You've been awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. This has been an awesome, awesome uh, podcast, and I love the question. So, thank you.
1: Uh, You know, I I I never get tired of hearing. Hey, that's a good question. I really I enjoy the (laughs) conversations we get to have on this show. So, guys, that's Christian Chasmer, C H A S M E R. You don't want to miss this. Make sure you follow Christian on Facebook and LinkedIn at C Chasmer, C Chasmer on Facebook and LinkedIn. They'll be in the show notes. Just click on it. You can go there. You can also uh, follow him at christianchazmer.com, his main site there. And of course, if you want to get that weekly inspiration and and article sharing, that's amazing, amazing value they give each and every week for free, it's losethelimits.com forward slash blog. You can get that. And then of course, you can check it out on, uh, is the book out on Amazon right now? Yep, yep. Yep. You can go over to Amazon. We'll have a link for that as well. You can grab his book and uh, and anything else that uh, Mr. Chasmer puts out. And again, shout out to Mama Chaz. Thanks, guys, for coming on. <laughs> as usual, get out there, have an awesome week, and crush it. Thanks, guys.